Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Seeky Sports Podcast, Season 3, Episode Number 22 on this Overreaction Monday. We sure do have a lot of overreacting to do with March Madness. Kenny Galladay officiating New York Giant. I wonder if anyone's buying the Daniel Jones hype train. Um, I'm certainly not. But without further ado, let's dive on in. All right, we start things off today with Kenny Galladay, officially a New York Giant. Four years, $72 million is the contract with $40 million guaranteed. Um, overall, a lot of people saying he's overpaid on the internet. But I think, you know, you can't really overpay for a big threat like him. You know, first of all, just his catch radius is massive. And, you know, I think people were referring to when Eli Manning got Plaxico Burris back in 2005 or six. I, I could be mixing up the dates. But as soon as they got Plaxico Burris, they won the Super Bowl the following year. So, you know, obviously this is not going to happen with Kenny Galladay, but he, he, you saw Eli Manning play much better with a big play receiver, with a big guy who can catch a ball um, and has a massive catch radius. So will the same thing happen with Daniel Jones? Kind of my question here. Um, I, don't, I don't think so, but I'm curious to see what you guys think. Well, it's absolutely going to help. The, the Giants had one of the worst receiving cores in the league last year, led by Evan Ingram, who can't catch the ball. They had Darius Slayton, who is not a number one receiver. And then they had two slot guys who aren't even good as slot receivers. They, so he had absolutely no help. And then Saquon Barkley being hurt in the offensive line, being mixed up the whole year. So, you know, the jury's still out on Daniel Jones, but there's no doubt that this move helps because not only does it put him in a better position, it, it puts Daniel Jones in a better position, but it moves Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard back to their natural positions. So I think it'll depend yeah. on everybody. And as for being overpaid, I don't see how it's an overpay. The salary cap's going up by like $30 million next year. I'm not sure who is a free agent at the receiver position, but you're going to see guys making 23, 24, 25 million dollars a year. So this is not an overpay. And like, I'm pretty sure the last few years are avoidable anyway. So they can get out of this. Yeah, they are. At any point they want. This is not. They can an, get after it after two years, I think. This yeah, is not years. an overpay at all for a number one receiver, a top 15 guy in the league. The avoidable years are so weird, but anyway. I I, I think though that the, the big thing that you guys touched on here though too is like the, they are played to Daniel Jones' strengths. His best thing, honestly, that he has at his arsenal is his deep ball accuracy. Like you said, Galladay is an incredible catch radius. This is really going to help him out. It's going to move Shepard back into the slot where he doesn't struggle as much because he doesn't get pressed by corners on the outside. Darius Slayton gets a little gets a little pressure off him being guarded by the number one cornerback. So, like you said, overall, it just helps the quarterback. And this is it. We we talk about the three year rule all the time. This is Daniel Jones's last shot, and there's no excuse. He's got all the weapons now. He's got Rudolph as a tight end too. There's no reason why he can't succeed now. And if he doesn't succeed, then they'll have a new quarterback next year, and the quarterback will have a plethora of weapons. Yeah, the Giants are also rumored to be trading Evan Ingram at the trade at uh, the draft. Excuse me, because. They believe that, you know, Kyle Rudolph could be a Jason Witten, which is kind of crazy. I, I mean, I, I would I love know. that because too many times last year, they heavily relied on Evan Ingram to make plays. And he just dropped the ball. Whereas and with Kyle Rudolph, they wouldn't rely on him as much and he would just be more of a safety blanket. And, you know, they would rely more on the good receivers that they have because Evan Ingram just isn't good. It's as simple as that. We saw it in the Philadelphia game. They relied on him to make a game winning play and he didn't do it. Yeah, Evan, Evan Ingram sucks. So he also I, caused Daniel Jones is like four or five interceptions. Yeah, exactly. The ball would be tipped and off the guy's hand. And had one too uh, when they played the Seahawks. The embarrassing. Yeah, the guy's got stone hands. Evan Ingram's not the answer, and I I think to be honest, like the Pro Bowl nod, it's a it's like a meme at this point. Everyone knows like he yeah, actually one of the most Pro laughable Bowl. things of the whole it, season. It's but it's confusing to me because it's not like he was even average. It was like he was hurting the team. He was hurting mm -hmm. the team, and I don't know how you can even be a pro bowler as a, as a, as a bottom, like, 10 tight end. 
And like you said, the tight ends are really important position for the quarterback as a safety blanket. It's your first read. It's the guy that's closest to you on 95% of the snaps because they're lined up with the offensive linemen. So you want somebody like R- Rudolph who's reliable, who's not going to drop the ball. He's not going to hurt you, but he might not necessarily help you. Yeah, he's you not going to be ball a outside. big play threat, but he's not going to drop the ball, as you said. He's going to catch with yep. a nice little five-yard passes, which Evan Ingram also couldn't do, by the way. Yeah, yeah. The, the Giants don't know. I still think this is, a, is the key point to hit on. The Giants were 31st in motion last year. If that's not going to change, is you know all this talent really going to help Daniel Jones? Well, I agree. I use motion. Garrett. Motion's the most important thing. I mean, you kind of see a direct correlation between motion and you know offensive success for most of these teams. I mean, Rams, it, 49ers, so Packers, the thirty-second team in motion was it was the Jets, and they were the only offense worse than the Giants last year. Yeah, so, it so directly correlates. I mean, well, at, at least the, the Jets are doing something to adjust a problem by getting a you know coaching staff together who's been you know familiar with the motion um, with San Francisco, but the Giants. Same coaching staff. Are we going to see more yeah, change? I don't know. Um, with it, I don't. I don't really think so, to be honest. But hopefully, my favorite example for the pre-snap motion is Devontae Adams. You watch him on the goal line. He's running up and down, up and down. Like, he's moving all over the place before the, the snap. And then he had what eighteen touchdowns this year. So it yeah, worked for sure. Okay, now let's move on. Though, like you just mentioned, Ingram might be traded at the draft. A lot of guys will be traded at the draft. But we're going to give you guys our top eight mock uh, so far. Actually, our top ten. My bad. Um, we're going to start it off. I'll kick it off. Obviously, we have Trevor Lawrence going to the Jags, number one consensus, best quarterback Agreed. in the draft, best yeah. quarterback prospect since possibly Andrew Luck. So can't go we have him going to Jacksonville. Hundred percent. I mean, number two, you know, I think we got Zach Wilson going to the Jets. Obviously, the big Jets fan Frank um, believes the Jets should have uh, should have the quarterback. Excuse me. So you know, he's probably the best option after Trevor Lawrence. Um, you know, he's better than Justin Fields, and I feel like. With all this, you know, kind of with this coaching staff, maybe with the new weapons like Corey Davis, maybe someone in the draft they get, you know, later on. He, like he, fits the, he just fits the offense or, um, the most. Like Rashad Bateman, excuse me. Like if they can get some receiver or weapon, you know, later in the draft in the first round and then get Zach Wilson with the new coaching staff, could we see, you know, him be kind of an underrated, you know, rookie of the year pick potentially? Yeah, so at number three, we have the Panthers trading up with the Dolphins and then selecting Justin Fields. This one might be a little controversial because I think a very popular pick here is for them to stay and select Jamar Chase. But we think that the Panthers are desperate for a quarterback and they want Justin Fields. Yeah, I think this more makes sense because Miami really doesn't have that many holes. They they said they're going to stick with Tua. They could obviously take Penai Sewell here at this pick, but he's falling down draft boards. And like you said, there's a plethora of receivers that Miami could take, and they could still get one of them at the eighth pick. And we've seen Carolina so far be very aggressive in this quarterback market. They were trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. I think if they can't get him, and ultimately they won't, they're going to move up in the draft and get a quarterback because they really don't like Bridgewater going forward. Yeah, you can't move on with Bridgewater. But his contract, like, I think he's a, it's a clean opt-out after this year. Like he, They can get away with him pretty easily, cap-friendly. It's mm-hmm. like only like $3 million dead cap. So this is probably Teddy B's last season with the Panthers. And it's good to just kind of have a, a future plan because next year's draft has what I think one projected first round quarterback, and it could change obviously. Well, no, I mean, it's yeah, I, gonna change. I mean, this year's draft class, yeah, it, no, it does change, but I think there's only one as of right now, which is you know, yeah, I mean, just look at this year's draft class outside of Lawrence and Fields, we didn't really know who many of these guys were up until a few months ago, like Zach Wilson was nobody, yeah. So it, well, Joe Burrow, same thing, like Joe Burrow was like yeah. a seventh round pick before, mm-hmm. like all of a sudden he had like that insane year at LSU. Now he's the first overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, and then so, number four, speaking of quarterbacks, we have Trey Lance going to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, to be honest with you, I think that Atlanta is in a position now where they're going to select a quarterback because 
they might not be drafting this high anymore uh, in this, like this next year with Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, they're going to win a decent amount of games. So I think that their chance now is to draft a quarterback. Trey Lance has a lot of potential. So I think that he would be the consensus pick for us at number four. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to jump in real quick and say that I do agree that the potential, maybe him sitting behind Matt Ryan for a year will do wonders for him. But you, you know, there's always a question mark with, do you draft a quarterback when, you know, there's bigger holes in the roster. It's going to be a tough decision for Atlanta. I mean, I think you can you can't really go wrong. Like you go Trey Lance, a great pick who has a ton of potential, and then I, I guess you maybe get a guy like Kyle Pitts, who people are saying is like a generational type talent at the tight end position to help Matt Ryan to help this offense, and and maybe even a defensive player. Like maybe they trade back. Maybe they get like Micah Parsons, which would be an extreme reach at number four. So probably trade back and get a defensive player. But yeah. the Falcons have a lot of needs elsewhere i would yeah, say the issue with that is not taking a quarterback they're not ready to contend anyway they were horrible last year well you know? i think no but there are a lot no of losses by one score though a lot of one score losses yeah, a lot of games that you could have changed good teams from bad teams i've seen that with the giants how many times i think in 20 like oh in 2015 right 2015, yeah that was the year like every single game but no got the following year we made the playoffs remember we went, we went, yeah, we went and 11 that was and the five. most mickey mouse playoff appearance ever they had yeah no it was it, it was like 30 they, they feasted off an easy schedule and it's just like and like we see the same thing with the Chargers this year, they lose so many games by one score, like by one score. But like at the end of the day, they still lost the game. And the majority of these football games are going to come down to the wire. You're not going to lose every game. By well, you, have, you had Dan Quinn and Anthony Lynn as coaches there. So what what do you want to do? You're not going to win. Close I don't know. I just don't buy into that all like that whole like oh we only lost these games by three points. We're so close because at the end of the day, the hardest part of any sports game, especially football, is just closing out. it out in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Can you get that drive in the fourth quarter? That's four minutes long where you get a few first downs and you keep the other team off the field and the Falcons couldn't do that because they're just not a good football team right now. You know, I agree. So, all right, next up, number five, we have Panay Sewell um, to the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, I had, you know, apparently some people think the Bengals are trading back, which would, you know, wouldn't really be too crazy. I guess if Panay Sewell can fall to like number eight, and nine, which some people have projected him uh, to fall that far off. Uh, far. Yeah. But I think Sewell and, Slater are falling down in draft boards. And I think a lot of people might like Rashawn Slater better than Panay Sewell. But why are, why that, are offensive linemen, and this is my question, because you see in, in, I don't, free, in free agency, technically the offensive linemen people usually bring in usually don't pan out, like Nate yes. Solder, for example. So it, the key, you have to draft offensive linemen. So why are people so low on these guys where there's such critical positions on the field? I don't necessarily uh, necessarily think it's if that they're low on them. I think that people love these weapons in this draft clap and they, and, draft class and they like these quarterbacks like the we have for example carolina moving up i think possibly the football team could move up i think the bears i think the patriots i think there's a lot of teams that might move up for quarterbacks and there's a lot of weapons we talked about a kyle pitts jamar chase Jalen waddle Devonte smith there's a ton of good quality offensive players in this draft that's why i feel like possibly the offensive lineman we might move down a little bit because teams will move up to get these stars yeah i, I definitely mm-hmm so at number six, we have the Eagles selecting Kyle Pitts, a uh, big-time weapon for Jalen Hurts. This is one of the more polarizing players in the draft because some people already say he's like a, a Hall of Fame talent. And then oh you have God. people like me who, who think he's just a tight end. And it's like I, I still think number six for a tight end is kind of a reach. But it seems no, – I, I changed my mind on it, though. I, I low-key changed my mind because, you know, when you can create a mismatch like Kyle Pitts can – like, I think it's all like, you know, but you hear all the time about like how offensive coordinators, they always talk about like, you know, how can we create mismatches on the opposing defense? Like that's all you hear throughout the week, every, you know, week to week, every Sunday um, about how you can create mismatches. What, what thing 
Um, how can we get a mismatch on whatever player it may be? But and for Kyle Pitts, you know, when you talk about a guy who is a six foot six tight end, two hundred like forty five pounds, I believe the guy's a monster. He's he's athletic too. So I think when you can get a guy, like when Casey I hear Calvert, the word mismatch, it just it just it takes me back to Evan Ingram, the matchup nightmare. Evan Ingram. It takes me back to Noah Fant. Like he, that was another miss- top ten pick. Yeah, no, I. I well, well, Evan Ingram was twenty fifth. Evan Ingram had a late first round grade though. It was it was more of a second round grade too because we reached on him pretty high. Like I remember, we should have got OJ Howard. Like, think about Fant too, and it's like matchup nightmare this, matchup nightmare that, and it just never like it's like. Listen, at the end of the look day, look at most of end. these good tight ends of the league. Travis Kelsey was picked in the third round. Darren Waller came out of nowhere. George Kittle wasn't picked high at all. Some of the best tight ends in it. Mark Andrews wasn't even picked that high. Hawkinson was the only real guy that was picked that early. So and he's not that great either. He's just exactly, solid. and he's it's just like, is the tight end position that valuable to pick somebody that like? Why not? Why, and if he's there, we haven't even had Jamar Chase go off the board yet. Why would you not take a receiver? I know, but people think that this guy is there. And why can you, you not do. think he's like a Gronk? Why isn't? Why can you not think he's like a Gronk type player? Well, he comes in and just, I think he's like a Darren Waller to me. Yeah, but that's like it's impossible. No, I'm, in terms of like his, you know, in terms of just like dominating the game, Frank. In terms of imposing his will on opposing defenses, like why can he not be that guy? Well, like because Gronk. the odds of you being the best tight end in NFL history are just so low. Like, Gronk in his prime is legitimately the best tight end ever. That's like drafting well, no, a quarterback. Well, why can't he just be Tom Brady? Well, no, look. It's I'm saying the kind of dominance that Gronk has, it, it, kind of Gronk-esque dominance on, on a football uh, field. Where he, you know, Gronk was creating mismatch over the middle. That was the biggest thing where over the middle, you could not stop the Patriots, especially versus the Steelers. Like, Gronk used to own the Pittsburgh Steelers yeah. um, over the we, middle. We don't know if Kyle Pitts' route running is at that level yet. We don't know if his agility is at that level. He's also not going to be put in as good of a situation as Gronk. They could take, yeah, they could take Kyle Pitts all they want. Jalen Hurts isn't a good quarterback, so have fun. Well, you, the, thing, the thing is, I mean, it's like a security blanket, like Gaff said with Kyle Rudolph. Like, it's supposed to be the guy who, you know, your first read is, is him. And, and he's a, a guy who can, you know, kind of take some stress off the quarterback. Yeah, like, listen, there's no doubt. I think he's going to be a really good player, but it's just like seeing so many Hall of Fame comparisons already. Well, no, like, I, I, I agree. That's, that's crazy. Like, there shouldn't be Hall of Fame expectations at any guy in the draft. That's, well, that's I agree ridiculous. with that. And I just, I just don't think there will ever be a time where a tight end will be worthy of a top six pick when you have elite receivers. The game is changing, though, man. The game is – this could be the next change in front of our eyes. We're seeing it right here. Like, we don't know. I don't you know. know. The game I'm, is always changing. call me man. an old head because I'm not sold on it. You know, I don't know. It, it's going to be tough. Like, I, I do agree. It, it sounds foreign, the idea of drafting a tight end, like, number five, number six. It, it sounds crazy. But, you know, the game right. always changes. So you never know. So let's move on now to number seven. We have the Detroit Lions who really don't have a wide receiver one anymore because they lost Jones and Galladay, selecting Jamar Chase from LSU – Arguably the best wide receiver in this draft class, the best playmaker. People really forgot about him because he didn't play this last season, but he's absolutely unbelievable. Um, Lions in a receiver. What do you think about this pick? Yeah, I just think it just fills a need. Marvin Jones. Probably the best well player available, so it would make sense. Yeah, yeah. it seems like a pretty straightforward pick. Agreed. All right, so next we got Devontae Smith. Um, by the way, this is a trade. So Miami is still taking him at eight overall. They're trading down with Carolina. Carolina went to Justin Fields at number three. But Devontae Smith at number eight to the Miami Dolphins, um, filling the need that they, you know, they need a receiver, right? And they already have Will Fuller, I guess, who they brought on um, for a one-year deal. But, you know, his injury history and – Devontae Parker's injury history too, right? It's a questionable fit. So Devontae Smith, you come on and hopefully he can, you know, be that clear number one guy for you. But, you know, we just saw 170 pounds, guys. Like, 
He's just Will Fuller. You got Will Fuller, who's like a deep threat. You got Devont, the skinny Devontae Smith, like the injury riddled Parker. It just feels like a, a receiving core with a bunch of questions. Yeah, I mean, I think the Dolphins want Devontae Smith mainly because of the pairing with Tua. So if they can trade down and get him and like acquire, well, no, but no, I, I think that's, that's overrated cool. though because Devontae Smith barely played when Tua was the starter. Like I that guess. whole thing about like because that, that's why he said Mac Jones was better because you know he knew Mac Jones more. Mac Jones, Mac, Mac Jones, Jones is better. But no, but the thing is. What did you want him to say? He played more with Mac Jones. He didn't. He barely played with Tua. So I don't even think this connection's like this connection's all bullshit. Oh yeah, he had a connection because he played what like in practice together. Maybe I wouldn't even know like, what. I don't know. I think he just fits their offense a little bit more than Jamar Chase does because I feel like Devontae Parker has similar quad like deep playability as Jamar Chase. Well, yeah, Will Fuller too. You got Will Fuller. I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot of yeah. deep threat play guys now. I mean, I, the Miami receiving court. I'm. Honestly, I'm not a fan of I it. honestly wouldn't be surprised if they didn't if they took a lineman instead, honestly, just to protect to a like Sewell or Slater. I think that would make a little but bit more sense. But all the Miami fans the whole year were bitching about how they don't have a you know a receiver. Now they're only gonna get Will Fuller to fill the need. I, I mean that would that would be a letdown for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. All right. At number nine, we have the Broncos taking Micah Parsons. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Micah Parsons. He, he's kind of like a do-it-all guy on the in the front seven. He can kind of rush the passer, he can kind of play in coverage. So this would be an interesting pick for the Broncos. What do you guys think? I mean, he's really good at attacking the line of scrimmage. That's what I've noticed while I've watched him. He gets to the ball really fast. He's a ball hawk. But the thing with the, the Broncos is their secondary is looking really good now. They just feel the need at corner. We originally had them taking corners in all of our previous mock drafts. They got Shelby Harris back on the defensive line. They're keeping Von Miller. They're keeping Bradley Chubb. This could be a top five defense if they can get the right guy here. I don't know if they're going to go defense. They don't really have many holes. They're really a quarterback away from being an excellent team. So I think, I think Parsons – I need some work. Yeah, but the, at the tackle, they have bowls at left tackle. So I don't necessarily know if they're going to go with Slater. Or they might move back. We'll see. A lot of teams, like we said, need quarterbacks. So maybe if Chicago moves up. But if they're going to stay here, I think Parsons would be good to just play that linebacker role for them, like the, the Will or the Mike. You know what's crazy, though, is that – you know, this is the best defense. Like, the defensive class seems pretty weak, right? Like, this is the yeah. best guy? Like, Micah Parsons? Well, yeah. I, like, going into this year, Risto There's not many edges. Parsons were considered the two top guys, and they both kind of fallen because they didn't play. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it'll, it's definitely a weak. I just think when class. you think of it, like, we Especially saw the same thing last year, though. Like, Isaiah Simmons, like, this reminds me of like, the same thing we saw last year. It's like a guy who could do it all. And I know it's, it's different positions because, you know, one kind of mm-hmm. more of an edge rusher slash linebacker, another, like, a linebacker in safety. But, like, these do-it-all guys, like, can they actually do it all is a real question at the next level? It's way different in college. You know, exactly. one rare exception was Jabril Peppers ended up transitioning pretty well into his safety role, but you don't get that all the time because – I, I yeah, and he even I took a long time to develop himself. Like he, like, mm-hmm. I remember like rookie year, everyone was calling him a bust. Like mm-hmm. he was like a 60 overall on Madden. Everyone said he sucked. Then he kind of like turned it around after like a couple of years. So yeah. it's going to take time for these guys to develop, I think. But well, the Giants really dodged a bullet with Isaiah Simmons. I can tell you that much. Yeah, no, but I think maybe Isaiah Simmons has like, I feel like maybe another year or two for Isaiah Simmons to develop into like an actual position where he's you know comfortable with the he you know, has the everything. qualities to become a good player he's talented he, he, he just gotta you gotta learn yeah. very figure it out. that's for sure yeah so all right number number nine or what are we number, number 10, 10 now we're at number yeah. 10 pat we got patrick certain going to the cowboys they didn't address the quarterback need cornerback need in free agency they did get keanu neal to help out the linebacking core so i think certain here at corner makes sense for the cowboys and yeah. if not him, Harley, uh, Farley or 
corn, but I think cornerback is where Dallas is going to go. Oh, a hundred percent. Dallas has to go cornerback, and I think Pat's yeah, they need a little bit guy. of everything, though. I wouldn't be surprised if they went offensive lineman, or maybe if yeah. Parsons is available, they take him because like their linebackers are just horrible. Their front seven in general. You see Ryan Wilson's new mock draft. Yeah, and it's oh, I don't even want to see Ryan Wilson's. Dream it's Cowboys taking ca- no Cowboys take um, can I see well? I could see yeah, that if he's I, there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. The only positions I consider them solid at are receiver, quarterback, and running back, and yeah, I guess quarterback now too. But I guess quarterback. I guess quarterback. <laughs> Obviously, quarterback. Well, you don't know if we'll come back from the injury 100. percent We'll see. Ooh, no, Graf, you're not going to be that guy. Terrible. They don't have a tight end. They have nothing on any part of the defense, so they got a lot of holes to fill. You know, I mean, the defense. That, that's where you got to go. You got to adjust. Like, all right, the offense was is fine. It, it, with Dak, they'll be a fine offense. So they'll score enough points to win games. The defense, however, gotta get some stops. They might allow gotta, forty. They, yeah, they might allow forty-five points. Like they gotta, they gotta certify, they gotta fortify that defense before they do anything else. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's uh, move on. Let's shift gears. We're gonna be uh, shifting over to March Madness now. We've March this is one of the most wild March Madnesses ever. Crazy of upsets. The most notable storyline is Oral Roberts, a 15 seed. Not one, not one game, but two this weekend. So they're the second ever 15 seed to go on to the Sweet 16. The Big Ten is the other big storyline. They've just been terrible. Illinois had championship aspirations, and they're done. Um, Sister Jean, baby. Yeah, I mean, a lot Rutgers of Rutgers blew a huge lead. Rutgers blew a huge lead. At the Big Ten, Wisconsin lost yet again. The Big Ten is over. Uh, Iowa's currently down 16, by the way, to Oregon right now. They're, oh, they're the teams that lost to Oral Roberts. So yet again, we see the Big Ten shove down our throats for the entire season. Oh, the Big Ten's the greatest thing ever. Every team in the Big Ten is good. And yet again, they didn't show up come tournament time. But one uh, conference that really showed up is the Pac-12. They're, they're well, look at the Pac. Look, got, yeah, the Pac-12 is six and zero, and then we got Oregon right now upsetting Iowa right and now. And look at UCLA; so we, they're playing Abel Christian tonight. They're going to blow them out, probably. Yeah, and Oregon State's in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, so we're looking good for the Pac-12 as far as I mean. Dude, this March, though, I got to say, even without fans, the intensity for the games, I it's I been awesome, it. and I feel like we've had more upsets this year than any other previous year. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Like, the fact that there's no fans, like. And, and everything I just know it's just the best time and I think the first weekend today like with this today's really the last day of it you get you have games on just all day and you just you could just Dude, sit you know down and just watch though? and it's just awesome is that Oregon State or Loyola Chicago will be in the Elite Eight one of those two teams I think Loyola, Loyola Chicago. Chicago yeah yeah, yeah there's there are seven they point were very, they were very under they were yeah. a top 20 team in the country all year and they didn't really get the recognition until late in the season and they were given an eight seed which is just disrespectful I mean I mean, look at a team like Houston that had a two-seater. West Virginia has a three-seater. And neither of those teams are really good. So well, I mean, Houston's over. in the Sweet 16. You got to get them some. Yeah, money. but like a Mickey Mouse Sweet 16. They barely beat Rutgers. Oh, I, all right. We're saying that. And now. you know right, what? These two teams might end up meeting up in the But they play, 11, they play 11-seated Syracuse in, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the Sweet yeah. 16. So they probably and win Syracuse. that game, too. Syracuse. Nah, meet up in the Elite Eight, and I think Loyola wins that game. Loyola's phenomenal defensively. They have a few players well, no, offensively. And Cameron Crutwig was an All-American for a reason. He can oh, he's all. a stud. Look at that. And Tomlinson <laughs> that could guy. play. Tomlinson could play, too, as a second score. He's really good. Look, mm-hmm. Loyola Chicago right here is making the Final Four. They're making the Final Four the again. Thing. They'd have to go through, like, Baylor or something. Because, no, they, know, they, no, they have to play Houston. The winner of Houston-Syracuse is, yeah, is right, the right. Final Four matchup. And so. they would play Baylor. In the and Houston, you guys and think Houston are frauds. So, I think Loyola I Chicago. I think Syracuse is going to beat Houston. I'll come Loyola Chicago-Syracuse for the Elite I think Loyola Chicago wins that one. Yeah, they're the best team remaining in their region right now, no doubt. Yeah, facts, facts. It's their region to lose. 
Well, you can't you can't say that in March, right? You can't say their region. Like that just kind of seems a bit unfair. Like their region to lose. Like, come on. It is their that's, region that's to lose. Every other good high, team has high expectations, guys. They already beat but, Illinois. Wait, what about Michigan? Real quick, what about Michigan? Because like, everyone. I think Michigan goes down to today to LSU. I, Michigan's going to lose today, or they'll lose next round. Then they play the winner of FSU Colorado if they win both good. I think. So. I think we've seen the Big Ten and them, them collapse come tournament time. We're seeing it again right now live as Iowa's down by 14 points. They're choking. I'm right telling now. you they right now. Hard. I'm they telling you right hard. now, Michigan is going to get a run for their money today with LSU. They played Alabama really close to the SEC championship. They got far in the tournament. The Big Ten is overrated. Yeah, guys, right here. I want to – what is your biggest upset today have? Everyone go. Well, Oregon right now over Iowa. But I, I kind of was on Oregon's side the whole time. Okay, just I have them actually more, winning my bracket. I'm going to say LSU beats Michigan. I mean, seed-wise, I'd have to go Ohio over Creighton, but I don't even know if that'd be considered a big upset. Yeah, Ohio should Creighton win. Stuck. Um, and I also think – I think Alabama might go down tonight too. And I think Syracuse – I think Syracuse is going to be Houston. Maryland is on. They're on. But you know what, though? I think – I'm going to say Ohio beats Creighton. I agree with Graf. I yeah. think Ohio yeah. is the better team. I just don't think yeah. that's – Ohio is the better team. I think Creighton are a bunch of frauds. They're, they got mm-hmm. they yeah. squeaked into the round of 32. They squeaked they in should, by the, yeah. the slightest of margins. Well, Syracuse is playing Houston tonight, right? No, no. That's that's next, that's next Saturday. So. That's the Sweet Sixteen. That's next Saturday. So, that's so next nobody, Saturday. Nobody thinks Gonzaga is getting uh, upset tonight. No, Gonzaga Oklahoma. will win by twenty. I know. Who do they play tonight? They play they Oklahoma. Oklahoma right? is terrible. Oklahoma. That's the next yeah, game. Well, they on, were put in the easiest uh, region because they but were. The guys, just imagine it's March. Like, what happens if Gonzaga loses? That would just be. Well, if Gonzaga crazy, loses, man. and it's actually anybody's game because right now it just kind of seems like Gonzaga is a level above everybody else. Yeah, yeah. It's just a big level above everybody else. Well, I, I hate to say that in March Madness though, because like. Is any team really a level of? I'm, I'm telling you, Graf. I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about Florida State today. I, I really think that. Oh, you think I'm not worried? <laughs> yeah, I, Colorado shot the hell out of the ball in the first half of the game last week. Yeah, I know. And I think that if you could, we've seen a lot in this tournament. These teams go down. A lot of teams fight back and they start to get themselves back, but they never end up completing the comeback. It's very, very hard when you, you know, put yourself two down. Evenly matched teams tonight. Um, FSU did not shoot the ball well last game. Colorado shot the ball historically well, so. If that trend continues, then it'll be a pretty easy Colorado win. But yeah, we'll see. That's probably the this best matchup March. tonight. But yeah, anyone, yeah, I think it's the closest matchup tonight. Yeah, USC. Wait, no, USC and Kansas. Yeah. So a couple of good games. I mean, every it's game a pick'em spread. Game. It's a pick'em spread. It's literally no yeah. favorite. That's crazy. Evan, Mo- Evan Mobley is going to come out and win this game. I'm telling you, he's going to dominate tonight. He's going to show up and why USC dub Pac-12 undefeated. The draft, yeah. Pac-12 undefeated again. That's crazy. I mean, they look at Oregon, man. Here's Duarte. I'm telling you, man, Oregon so is they legit. Got, they got Oregon tonight, UCLA playing. Who else is playing? U, U, USC, right? Those Colorado. Are the teams. Yeah, they, and Colorado, too. Colorado's mm-hmm. in the Pac-12. Am I an idiot? I didn't even know that. All right, that's my the fault. Pac, the Pac-12 is dominating March Madness right yeah, now. Are, as far man. as the Big Ten there, Shocking. Shocking. And the Pac-12 had no recognition this whole year. The only ranked team was USC for most of the season. All right, all right. Let's get into some NBA talk real quick. We um, obviously love March Madness. Like, I mean, during this time of year, like, this is the only time we'll be talking about college basketball. Because, like, Look, college basketball, like, I'm not a big fan of it, but March Madness, like, there's something different about it. It's just so fun to, you know, cover. But we got some some crazy news, and, and this is obviously really sad. LaMelo Ball came out with a fractured wrist um, yesterday versus the LA Clippers. Um, he's out for the rest of the season, they're saying, um, which to me, man, he was the – It's really a shame. It, yeah. It's, it's because he's – I think if anybody turned on a Hornets game, I would, actually was about to tweet that, like, they're so fun to watch. And like, I was like, God, watch a Hornets game. They're really, they're really fun. But to see them, like to see this happen, it just, it's just a shame. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame because 
now all of a sudden the uh, rookie of the year race opens up for Anthony Edwards, our favorite oh, player. No, no, he's not winning rookie of the year. Let me, he is not winning. Guys, how is he the favorite now? He, Whoa, who what? else is going to win? I, I don't know. Quickly. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton, Halliburton should win rookie of the year. Come on. I think LaMelo should still win. LaMelo should still win. If it's, if it's not LaMelo ball, it has to be Tyrese Halliburton. He's been putting up 22 points per game over the past month. He's been balling. This will be a Joel Embiid situation when he only played like 35 games, but he was oh, in the Oh, yeah, this is like the Malcolm Brogdon or It's um, – I think – it, it was Saric. Him, right? Wasn't Saric in it that year? Too? No, it was, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was Brogdon versus Embiid, though, right, for the finals. It yeah, and I think Dario Saric was like the other finalist. It was a weird year. Yeah, I mean, it was. But Joel Embiid didn't win that one. It, it went to Brogdon. No. So, yeah. Um, so the, they, the, the voters won't give it to Lamelo though. Most likely they won't. I don't like, think let's just so. be honest. I think See, he got. Won't. I think he had to play like at least another few weeks. And they just they, like so Embiid shouldn't. Embiid's probably not going to get the MVP now as well because of the injury. Uh, well. That's a that's a race between Jokic and Dame. But you know point. what though? I would be so. Here's the thing. Put Harden in that race after these next three without Kyrie. Yeah, I'm but telling it's you. Also, the recency bias. Like, like what's going to happen? Like at the how are you going? How are you playing? Entering the playoffs? Like if yeah, some guy goes like a tear, bro. Like Harden drops like forty points a game for like the last ten games of regular season. He will win the MVP. It's what you've seen from them the last or the last time they stepped on the court. So I think that's really what we have to see. Does Joel Embiid go on a tear after he comes back? Like, who knows? So it will be interesting to see that. But Anthony Edwards, man, let me tell you this. All right, let me tell you this. If he wins Rookie of the Year, that he will be the, the worst Rookie of the Year to ever win the award. Even worse than Malcolm Brogdon. He's not a good basketball player. I stand on that. He will not be a star in the NBA. He might be a, a, a decent a decent player, a decent no, player. He's good at getting shots up at the basket. That's a sure. decent player, but he's not going to be an all star. He would never be an all star. Never. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, speaking is, of speaking of MVPs, I mean, LeBron was kind of in the race until he just got injured. Deservedly in the race. He's not top yeah. ten in points or rebounds. He's not top five in assists. He's not top ten in per. And his team doesn't have a good record without Anthony Davis. There was no. Well, yeah, they're not going to have a good record now. They're currently third of the West. They're two and a half games out of the sixth seed. Now, no LeBron and no AD for the next couple of weeks. This is this team is probably just as bad as the Pistons right now or the Timberwolves. So, hundred percent, they didn't even make the playoffs last year with without or two years ago without Anthony Davis. Like they're not a good basketball team. That hasn't changed. So, how far do you guys think they're going to fall, and w- will this affect them come playoff time? Now, really, because that's the thing we got to think about mm-hmm. seeding wise. You know, you might have to play against the Clippers in the first round. So, I was thinking about this right. The the Lakers could face a scenario where they play the Clippers. The Suns and the Jazz to get to the, the conference yeah, or to get to the brutal. NBA finals. And if you have to think the Lakers, you know, they're already underdogs versus the Brooklyn Nets. And you don't want to have to have all this mileage on you and all this, you know, wear and tear from all, all these series. So you have to get through the West pretty easy if you if you're the Lakers to have a chance in the finals. Dude, right now, guys, this is probably looking the lowest of lows for the Lakers. Like it's like it's not gonna get worse than this. Like right now, it, the, the morale it seems down around like Lake Show and everywhere. I don't know if the Lakers can bounce back from this, guys. I, I really don't. It, it's going to be tough. I mean, last year, we, we joke about it all the time, but they really legitimately did have a Mickey Mouse path to the ring. They played the the, Ugh, the Trailblazers, the – who they played in the second round? The Rockets. The Rockets. Like, and then the Nuggets. And then they played – they avoided the Clippers altogether. And then they played the Heat. And then they played the Heat, right? And then they so played like... the Heat in the finals. Like, come <laughs> on. So it's like, Heat. It's like now all of a sudden. I'll give you that. The Heat were a really bad finals opponent. I'll, I'll give you that. They were like, that I mean, was a was really good finals. There was no opponent. doubt the Bucks were a better team. They, they got outplayed in that series. Like, I, I would argue maybe even the Celtics were better. I mean, come on. 
Like, and dude, the, the Lakers, they might fall down to a number six seed. That's yeah, what I, they, I think listen, they will. It, it would be exponentially harder for them to go through good team after good team. Because they're only two games, they're only two games above the six seed right now. Two games above. That's eight. Yeah. They're gonna if fall, they fall down. the six seed, they're on the road for all those games. It's not in the bubble anymore. So they have to travel. Yeah, you still gotta travel. It's not in exactly. the bubble. <laughs> come on, come no, on. No, it's not in the bubble. That that is a big deal. They, so they'd have to travel. So you think that you think the Lakers, the bubble helped the Lakers pretty much? Yeah. Um I don't know. I think it helps the Clippers the most, and they still lost. But how did it help the Clippers? Because they well, didn't have to the go to Clippers LA. Don't have fans. Like, well, yeah, yeah, that's actually <laughs> just like it would help the Nets. No. It will help. It would help remember, the Nets. The Nets don't have fans either. Yeah, remember, PG though had the you know had the um the struggles in the bubble. So yeah, he had a meltdown, but he was mental health is the issue for that. So I don't know. You know, yeah. So yeah, you had to respect. Day, no, listen. listen, nothing good comes out of falling down to the sixth seed. There's no, no I will say this though. Listen, right before. You know, I think with the bubble, it's tough to assess. Like, come, let's not make the joke about the fans. At the end of the day, it was the mental health that had an effect on some players, like, uh, like Paul George did. So, you know, I can only imagine really how draining it was. You can't really like blame it on the or say like the Clippers had, had an advantage because you don't you don't know. Like like Paul George said, like you don't know how it will affect you. So, um, in all seriousness, like Paul George, um, I won't get him in too much because like he's already been through it all with the hate. Like seriously, like he's had so much hate over these years about like how his playoff performance is bad playoff p pandemic p like whatever you want to call it 13 percent <laughs> that that's that's cr- that's cruel but uh yeah i don't know uh, that's that, that is a bit that is a bit tough yeah, listen if the lakers have to go through the clippers the suns and the jazz and then the nets they're not going to do they're it done. They're, they're done not, they not get swept in four then they, no way, two, or they, they win one. two nba caliber players in the roster and then dennis schroeder i'll give them that the rest of the players don't belong in the nba kuzma's horrible I mean, we look at Wesley Matthews. I heard all the time in the office, and, oh, he's better than Danny Reed. You know what he averages? He averages four points per game on 30% shooting from three. Is that better? Oh, he's than awful. Danny? Yeah, Wesley Matthews is terrible. I, I heard he was the greatest 3 and D player in the league. He doesn't play defense. He doesn't shoot threes. So what does he do? He just stands there. This is, this is just a non-NBA roster outside of two guys. And, yeah, they're not going to make it if that's the case. Yeah, so oh, Blake Griffin, that's crazy. <laughs> oh yeah let's uh let's talk about Blake Griffin he had a whopping two points in his Nets debut two whole points that came on a nice little pump fake uh sorry about that he came like a nice little pump fake he dribble drive and then he uh dunked the ball for the first time in what seemed like two years um yeah I mean there's not really much to talk about here but he just dunked so I guess we're happy <laughs> no but it's like the most overhyped dunk I've ever seen <laughs> in my life they, people on Twitter have been like, this guy is like the next, like, I can't believe it. People are like the resurgence of Blake Griffin. Like, bro, what he made a dunk. And first of all, I watched actually some of his minutes. I watched like, I ran like eight of his minutes. I would say I watched like one stretch of his. I think play. he only played like eight minutes. No, 15, 15 total. 15, okay. And, you know, honestly, like, I mean, he, it was his first eight minutes of the team. So I, I'm not going to like criticize him too much, but. Like, is he really the fourth superstar? Like, no, no way. No, he's not. He might be, he might be worse than DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. I mean. Like, he's he, a li- he might be a liability for this team down the stretch. I don't honestly. think he was a liability yesterday. He he, just, he wasn't really like a net anything. The, the, but this team should not be think, as a big four. It's a big three. And Blake oh, should be count as a big. It's not, it's, yeah, he's anybody. He's not a top five player on the team because guys like Joe Harris are more variable or valuable. Even Bruce like Brown. Even, even Bruce, Bruce Brown's Brown. more valuable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the big three still. It's it's more of just like an appeal from like the perspective of like, oh my God, Blake Griffin's on this team. That's crazy. But it, in reality, it really isn't that crazy. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And listen, he'll have a few games. He might score 20 points here and there and everybody will go nuts. But at the end of the day, come playoff time, he's not going to be that big of a factor. I don't think it'll hurt them though. And if he does, he just won't play. Who cares? 
you know, true, true. But I mean, the the Nets, like whatever their um their performance staff said he'll get thirty minutes, like at max. Is what Blake Griffin said at his press conference. Like he said, we're gonna go up to thirty, which. Like come like that, that that's maybe with crazy. maybe with everybody else out right now like Durant and Kyrie maybe hold there's more minutes. you know what though, you know what that's fair because Kyrie's out for the next three games so maybe he mm-hmm. does go to thirty like the final game yeah, but like once but, Durant comes back that eats up like thirty eight minutes on that wing position so and yeah. I, I guess uh, Blake Griffin will be playing a little center so a, little, a lot of five yeah I think more yeah. five than anything but he might be, be a defensive liability at the five in, honestly in certain lineups though the Nets were playing Jeff Green and Kevin Durant as that defensive player. rating was insane though when they have that defense that defensive lineup with Jeff Green Kevin Durant that's a real death lineup that you I saw a stat where their defensive ratings fifth in the league would be fifth in the NBA so with that lineup the on the Warriors, court all the guys on the floor can shoot from anywhere and then exactly. the majority of them can play defense at an elite level Jeff Green's a new Andre Iguodala. I shouldn't say that because that's kind of sounds crazy. But he might win Finals MVP this year. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> For claiming down the bum or LeBron. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm a big LeBron fan. I'm not. I'm. That was a joke. But um, let's get to some NBA trade deadline rumors. We got the Bulls and Hawks expressing heavy interest in Lonzo Ball. Obviously, a Bulls fan here. Graph. What are your thoughts? Yeah, on this? I was talking about this on Twitter. I would love to see Lonzo Ball on the Bulls. It would move Kobe White more to off ball where he's better suited. He, I mean, he's a Lonzo Ball is a three and D guy. He can't really get his own shot at all. He doesn't drive well, but what he does do well is he passes the ball well. He sees the court at a, a high level, and you know he shoots like forty percent from three. So I think yeah, Kobe White's been coming off the bench in favor of Sadoransky. Um, but I think if Lonzo Ball was that guy instead next to Levine, and then you like rotate White and is like a, a microwave score, I think it would be a huge boost for the Bulls, especially defensively because they struggle there. Yeah, it feels like his name's tainted, though, Lonzo Ball. And it's, like, unfortunate because, like, it's when people think, think of Lonzo Ball. and he's not, but he's still a really good player. Yeah, because he's, like, actually, like, a good role piece now, I think, where he's mm-hmm. shooting. Like, he's become a, a, a elite playmaker. He's always been an elite playmaker. Now he's kind of – I mean, I don't want to say an elite, elite shooter, but a, a very good shooter. So I yeah. think he could really, you know, serve a team contending, honestly. I I would like to see him on a team who's contending, but the Bulls would be so a good would I, obviously, but I don't know what – the a Pelicans want for him if they want like actual pieces like the Hawks maybe maybe the Hawks I mean the Hawks are also another team interested in Lonzo yeah. Ball which would be kind of cool like a Trey Young Lonzo Ball maybe the Rajon Rondo would be in the deal back to New Orleans I don't, I don't know I saw somewhere work. like somebody threw the Clippers in that conversation but like yeah. at the end of the day, like what are the Clippers? the Clippers have nothing to offer so the Clippers have nothing to give up who are they going to give up Lou Williams and like yeah, and Lonzo Ball, it, it's not like Lonzo Ball is some vet on like the last year of his deal, so that you can just get for like a second round pick. You're gonna have to give up actual assets to get him. Yeah, so next up we got Magic, our front runner still in Victor Oladipo. Um, you know, some people get real oh yeah, funny story on TikTok yesterday. I'm not gonna really like say why I got banned, but you know, me and Frank you know it got banned for like I mean, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this on YouTube, but like sexual yeah, activity why not? or whatever, like sexual dude. So I posted a fun a, a TikTok yesterday about Victor Oladipo, right? And it got banned for like sexual activity slash like um whatever it was. It was some stupid. I think it was like, like nudity. Yeah, I'm like, what? So how? So talking bad about Victor Oladipo on TikTok gets you you uh, a strike about like he's got a lot of fanboys. I guess people are reporting <laughs> us. I, I don't understand. The guy's not good. He's pretty washed. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say, but let's no seriously. Victor Oladipo is an inefficient scorer at this point in his career. He's inefficient. Shoots forty two percent from the field like 30-something percent from three. 
there, there's really no service for a guy like that on a team. Listen, um, if, if the Magic yeah, wanted so. Oladipo so bad, they shouldn't have traded him for Serge Ibaka. And, up, and they gave exactly. up a first-round pick and Serge Ibaka. First. And they gave up a first-round pick and Oladipo for Serge Ibaka. And you know who that first-round pick turned out to be? Sabonis. I know. Oh, man. It's the oh, worst man. trade ever. <laughs> you know, like, so That's if, bad. If they were so in love with Oladipo. Why did they trade him in one of the worst trades ever? I mean, like, what a poorly run franchise the Magic are, man. They're a joke. Yeah, they had two all stars, and then yeah, well, we all know how that yeah that that team's ran. There, there. There's a reason why they haven't been good for so so long since Shaq left. Well, since Dwight Howard left. To be fair, they were good with Dwight Howard. So, um, we got the uh Drummond. I mean, actually, I don't even want to talk about this because we we've been kind of going. We over stop this talking like, about Andre Drummond. He's just so <laughs> bad, <laughs> yeah, we'll and I don't. Out. Nobody we'll cares that he's getting bought out. out. We don't care. You know, we'll yeah, move on. We'll, we'll go to the Lakers and Holsuck, and then Lakers fans will hype him up to be Hakeem Olajuwon. We'll play three bad games and they'll send him death threats. That's how it goes. It's a never-ending cycle. We saw with Damian Jones. They were saying, oh, my God, this guy's going to be a, a double-double machine for us. Do you even know who Damian Jones is? No. <laughs> I mean, like – A double-double oh machine. My oh, my God. Toxic. And yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with that. The Timberwolves are offering Malik Beasley in a first-time pick for the Hawks for John Collins. So, John Collins' name has been thrown around like, like a bag of ch- – I mean, The he's amount of times he's been thrown around in trade packages. Like, he's been going, like – on the trade block for like four years now it's crazy mm-hmm. and like in nba 2k everyone knows like the joke how like he's the easiest player to trade for it's yeah, just like he is john you can get john collins for back it, it's just like what like who wants this guy like i like, it's just like i weird. want this guy he's one of the most underrated players in the league and i think he's like one of the perfect players to pair next to trey young and he's having another great season i don't even know why his name gets mentioned yeah, i don't know why the hawks want to let him go though that's why i, that's why I think that yeah i don't because the problem with him is he's like aaron gordon Aaron Gordon, is he like a three? Is he a four? Is Collins a four? Think, is he a five? Like, what I is know, I he? I think he can play five in certain lines, but they bought him. Like, the five. LA if if Jeff Green could be a five, he could be a five. Yeah, and they drafted the guy from USC, so it just kind of like makes everything more complicated. Oh, he still hasn't played a game. Yeah, he was, I mean, no, he's was, played. He just hasn't played well. Oh, he, wait, when did he take his debut? He's played a few games, but he's. I missed it. I must have missed that. But the second you see a big in the draft and he has like foot problems, you just stay away. It's a yes. You know what? That, that's a fair point. Because, like, that, yeah, that, you know. That's I, I wanted point. the Bulls to get him. I think the Bulls were considering taking him. And then, like, all of a sudden, this whole foot injury thing came out. And they were like, nope. Yeah, no, yeah no, and Yeah, and hasn't even played. He, he's a good player, but he's played. Got his, availability is your best ability. Because mm-hmm. all these big men, like, they, they just can't stay healthy. Like, it, yeah, it, it's like, going to linger forever now. Yeah, you're right. And then, all right, let's, let's wrap it up with a final uh, trade rumor. Kyle Lowry wants to play with Jimmy Butler. And you know how we all feel about the Heat and, you know, they're – they never want to give up any uh, hero Robinson. It's like the MJ and Scotty Pippen duo. <laughs> they never yeah, want to I give up. I saw somebody on Twitter. They said how Pat Riley views a hero and Robinson. And there's a picture of Curry and Clay. That's really how they. That, that's really how they value them. And it's just not I know. You want to talk about regression? Could have had Bradley you guys, Beal, man. You guys had a worse sophomore season than Tyler Hero. You know he shoots like 31 percent from three. He doesn't do that well. He was benched. He doesn't even start anymore. He just. He's regressed in every possible way after having a few big bubble games. Talk about talk about a Mickey Mouse bubble run from Tyler mm-hmm. Hero. He was the one guy who had the, the biggest Mickey Mouse like, run. It was, he was one of the biggest names in the NBA at that point, and he's just regressed to a point where he's just not even a valuable player anymore. Like, why would the Raptors want him? You're going to give up one of your most valuable players in franchise history for Tyler Hero? No thanks. You know, he shot four of 16 um, yesterday. Who, Hero? Yeah. Yeah, he shot four of 16, 0 for 7 from three. He, he, um, I guess he's impersonating Anthony Edwards right now or something. I don't know, what <laughs> but no, no, Duncan Robinson's a good guy, though. Duncan, 
Okay. Duncan sure Robinson. Yeah, but guy. is Duncan team. Robinson at the end of this year going to be worth twenty million dollars a year? He's a good basketball no. player. No, no, I agree. No, Duncan Robinson's a good human being. I saw his podcast. Great guy. He's I mean, awesome sure, dude. That's great. But is he a good basketball player? He, I, mean, I think he is. I think he's a good basketball. I think he's a good basketball player. Would you give up a first and a second for me? Probably not a first. Not a first round pick, dude. Not, I'm not giving up a first round pick. Well, actually, no, I, don't I, don't know, I give a first round pick. I don't know. If I'm the Raptors, I would. I would rather trade with Philly and get some of their young guards. Yeah, I mean, I think if the Raptors can get, I mean, I feel like people are high on Tyler Hero, though. So I feel like if they can get Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, like that would be a crazy haul for Lowry or even one of them, even just Duncan Robinson, like a couple of I'd rather picks. get um, Maxi from the Sixers and maybe um, Tyrese Maxi. Uh, I mean, what's his name? Mr. Steal Your Possession. I can't think of it. It's it's Tybal. 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 I couldn't think of his name. I mean, I, I don't know. I think if I can get my hands on Duncan Robinson, like you saw what more shots, more volume last season, he averaged, um, you know, 14 points per game this year, averaging 13. So it's like, I guess a little dip off, but same, you know, pretty same, uh, I guess same numbers, whatever. Yeah. So, the fact of the matter is he hasn't gotten better. Like, I feel like he's already hit but he's a sh- and his, his but, field goal percentage is way down. I have it right here. Think about it. Look at he's his age. 38% from 45% last year on threes. He's, he's regressed. They've all regressed. They just overachieved last year. It's as simple as that. You know, what's funny, though, is because J.J. Redick had the same thing, like, where his numbers are, are down. So is, is podcasting – also 38 years old. This is podcasting so potentially, you know, lower your field goal percentages is a question because they both started their podcast right after this – or right, like, during the season last year. Yeah, I don't know. I, J.J. Redick has a legitimate excuse, um, but Duncan Robinson – Well, listen, you know, he's, like, 37, right? Last so year and they had a chance to really go after a huge superstar like James Harden or someone else or maybe even Embiid or Bradley Beal. Dude, they if, no. All right, look, if they, they declined dense. James Harden for, like, these guys, I would rip my hair out right now. Like, it's yeah, like, oh, we know the truth. But the fact of the matter is they overachieved. All their guys played above their level of play, and – they had a chance to build something special and they didn't. And now they're just going to be a slightly above average team for the next few years. You know, it reminds me of what the Celtics said with like their, their, their young assets. Like they mm-hmm. never wanted to make the play for Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant. And they always kind of stuck with their young core. 100%. They never went out for like the Same big thing. play superstar. Mm-hmm. Same thing. You got to be aggressive, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the. All right. Well, I agree. We got to watch some college basketball. I, I guess again, here we yeah, are. Yeah, let's go. I want to see Iowa lose, please. I need to All make right. a video right now. Here we are. All right. That's me at Seek Sports Podcast Season 3, Episode Number 22. Hope you guys have a good day, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.